Oh, sorry, we are live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. I'm, I apologize. Whoever's on now is really upset with you. <laughs> hey, they'll notice the band is standing. If you don't know already, if you haven't listened to this program, you guys can sit down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have a seat. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's, there's some time here. We can, we can, we can uh, work it in. 
You can stand up and sit down and all the stuff you got to do. It's like we're at church. Take it easy. Yeah, it's There's like so Catholic much room church. For activities. This is fun, isn't it? It's way better. <laughs> Having the room to move is way more fun. But anyways, I'm Pete Van Dyke. I'm a host Woo! of this program live from the Dutch Hall. And if you don't know, before I was uh, the glorious host of Canada's only late night talk show, I was um, before that I was a filthy banker for 15 years. Filthy banker Ew. for 15 years. The source of great shame in my life. And one of the dreams I always had was maybe one day doing a show where I could totally burn every bridge that I ever built in my whole life that would create a safety net for me to like maybe like uh, support my children, to uh, feed my family, you know, like to do the things you need to do to get through life, to, to uh, save for my retirement, all that stuff I would like to throw away in order to uh, have dignity and not be a filthy banker, right? But it, so some people say, Pete, you're being hard on yourself. You've been through this for so many years. You, you, you were a good man. You did an honest job. You uh, fed your family. You did the things you needed to do to provide, you know? And I say to, to them, I say to that, I go, uh, that's like uh, being really proud of being a good uh, prostitute, you know? It's like... Uh, it's like, uh, you know, some chicks out with their friends, and then uh, they're going through her house, and they're like, Helen, your house is beautiful. And like, uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> and Helen's like, oh, uh, uh, I'm in sales. Pound in the pavement. I'm in sales. I'm the top saleswoman in my, uh, in my stable of hoes. <laughs> right? <laughs> my stable of hoes. That's what it feels like. There's no pride in providing and becoming rich off of being a whore, is what I'm saying, you know? I look at my job at farm, er, uh, sorry, as being a banker, and I look at it like uh, it was something I hated that I thought was despicable, but it turns out I was really good at, and I actually got awards for it. They sent me around the world for it, you know? So I was like... Uh, you know, like, uh, it, it reminds me of, it's like if you were the type of guy who uh, was, like, um, you know, every time he got in extremely uncomfortable, his asshole would become incredibly loose, you know? <laughs> you know how sometimes when you're, like, uh, uptight, your asshole will become incredibly puckered, you know? Like, that's normally the response, is that your asshole will become incredibly puckered, right? But... This fella had the opposite reaction. Instead of his asshole becoming puckered when he became uh, 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 like concerned or, or worried, his asshole become incredibly loose and open to the world, you know? And so, as it turns out, this made him a perfect candidate for gay porn. Eh? This guy wasn't gay. As it turns out, he was extremely homophobic. Extremely homophobic. Every time he would be around a gay situation, he'd become very uncomfortable. But you know what would happen when he'd become very uncomfortable? His asshole would become incredibly loose, <laughs> allowing for multiple cocks to be shoved up his ass to the point where he would be uh, recognized in the AVN Awards for Best Anal Gangbang because of his loose asshole. It was the worst day of his life. His asshole couldn't have accepted more cocks. It was just, it was so loose because he was so uncomfortable, you know? Anyways, 
The guy achieved greatness, you know, in his job. And after multiple years of, uh, of showing his talents, you know, he just sat back and one day he was sitting on a couch, you know, he's just looking down at his, his fucking prolapse rectum, the old pink sock that used to be his asshole, you know, just dangling from his butt cheeks, you know, and he says, you know, is this all worth it or is it, am I just doing this for the money, you know? That's, that's kind of how I felt being a banker. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> anyway, so as a, as a result of that, it's a dream of mine to do what I'm going to do tonight, which is to beat, to absolutely burn down every bridge so I never have to go back to doing the dirty job of being a banker. And tonight we're going to do it with the help of the greatest band in Canadian late night history, The Nocturnal Emissions. So let's hear it for them, everybody. Yeah! Welcome everybody live from the Dutch Hall. Hey. Hello. Hello. We are the Canada's only late night uh, talk show and the greatest podcast ever come out of a pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario, bar none. And I believe we are that way because we have the greatest band in Canadian late night history, the Nocturnal Emissions that are here tonight, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, just to go around the room, I, I got to tell you, I, I don't even look at them right now as a, gr as a group of individuals. I look at Mike. You can turn around and look at me. It's only us here. Behind me. Move that microphone. You got two hands. You know you can do it. Charge you two. You can look right at me. Up. I'm down. Yeah. You can. You can come sit in this chair. You can take it right out of the stand. We're mobile. It's a real a fun environment that we're in. But anyways, I wanted to say, Grace Band Canadian. I don't look at you tonight as a group of individuals. I look at you as as, as a fucking band standing up and kicking ass. And it feels Ooh. good, right? It feels good. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And I saw Mike did it first. And then you guys looked at how much fun Mike was having. Ch then all of a sudden, Steve stood up. Steve's like, fuck this. I ain't going to let Mike have all that fun when I want to have <laughs> some of that fun. And then all of a sudden, it was Wes, because Wes is no dummy, right? <laughs> even, even Kevin stood up as the drummer. He did. Because he was envious of how much fun you're having. And it's perfectly acceptable in rock and roll circles for the drummer to sit down surely sure. you know but kevin even stood up and then stood lastly up. old stingy charters stuck to his old ways hey <laughs> eh, dave i was happy about getting the strap out of my case and standing up with my bandmates that yeah was great Dressed you dropped the pickle out of your ass and you fucking okay. stood up and rocked out hey <laughs> eh, buddy just puckered right up well i want to say charters dave the rooster charters a man that writes the music for the show that uh Let's uh, let's hear it for him. Hey. It is his. It was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, old cock. The old cock. Halfway, halfway to ninety. <laughs> and charters, I gotta tell you, you do something with your family that I think is very uh, beautiful. And in fact, I hope that other people will listen to what you do with your family. I hope they'll replicate it in their family. 
I hope that they will, uh, it will become a tradition that will go on for generations for many families once they hear what you've done because it's so beautiful what you do with your, with your, with your kids. Number one, let's establish this to the general public. Charters never pulls out. He just leaves it be. And his sperm's not that good. It's just like, but he, uh, he made, made the, the mistake or it, the, his, his, uh, his sperm ended up succeeding four times, right? Four what? times That's it found right. its way to the egg. No mistakes. No mistakes ever? All of them deliberate. No fear. <laughs> hey, no fear, eh? You just like plug your nose and plant deep, right? That's what you got to do. I, I agree too, Dave. I will never pull out again. That is a promise I made to myself years ago. Right I after am, my vasectomy. I have never. Yeah. Once you get a vasectomy, it's like, and anyone asks you to pull out, you're like, no, never. That's not happening. No. I don't care if I was to, like, I obviously I'm a married man, happily married man now. Of course. But uh, if, I, if I was, uh, if James get hit by a bus and all of a sudden I would become single again and uh, I'd be out there just fucking everyone, you know? Um, <laughs> I would uh, with your pink sock. No, that's my asshole, Dave. Yeah, and it was a metaphor in. for for doing oh. what you do as a master of ministry. I was trying to okay. tell, teach you that. Okay, didn't you learn that? You know, metaphor, Dave. Yeah, you're more of a literal guy. Is that <laughs> perhaps the case? How do you think we can do this where you can look at me? Can you just like swivel your I can chair see you right there on the TV? It's perfect. Ah, fuck, you guys love watching yourself on TV. But we're a bunch of human beings in a room, Dave. That is true. Yeah, we are. And while we're settling our troubles, Dave, I'd like to get my troubles out of the way with Dave the Rooster Charles while we're bringing it up, making the show all about him again. I'm going to say, Dave, last week I had an altercation with you, and I want to just bring it up on air. And uh, because I, I actually thought about it for an entire week. Since last week's show, I've been thinking about it the whole time. <laughs> okay. Do you know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> okay, remember we have uh, now we have Tyler Shazma, a three camera crew. Was right? it when you said one of my uh, you want you were gonna put one of my family in the death pool? <laughs> no, no. But your look on your face too. was like a real serious, like you're gonna punch me, man. I thought you were really gonna kill me because I knew how much you don't like rooting for people to die, and then I'm gonna I'm telling you to your face for no real yeah, provocation. I, like I spun something into into making it look like you did something to deserve it, but you didn't. Like, you were being a good guy, right? And then I told you that horrible thing about your family, but it was just to make fun of you for looking like Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much twins. The old yeah. turnaround. <laughs> Rosy cheeks. Yeah, don't you understand the pleasure of that joke to get you so worried that I'm going to, like, mention one of your loved ones, you know? One of your most cherished people in the world. But as it turns out, I'm just going to call you like a no-neck, you know, fathead Pollock. Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal, right? Good <laughs> it was an innocent bunch of uh, uh, jovial uh, uh, back and forth amongst friends. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You seem like week after week you're getting more and more perturbed <laughs> with me. That's what it really seems like. Anyway, so I'm going to tell the story here why right. I was concerned for right. a week. We have a three-camera crew with Ch uh, Tyler Shazma now, and uh, we're looking for some people that might be interested in the television uh, media business, you know, as youngsters 
who might be interested in working a camera now and again. It'll be like uh, they can be uh, having Shazma in their headphones, telling them what to do to, to pan and dolly and you know shift over there, get a two shot, a one shot, you know, whispering teeth. sweetly in, in their ears. You know, that's what Shazma's going to do for you. And uh, I said, you know, Charge, what about one of your uh, offspring? You got so many of them. Why don't you just throw one or two of them at us? And then we would uh, be able to use them for the show. And uh, truth be told, Dave told me, you know what? My one son's a little too young for that. Pete, I got to tell you right off the hop. The other son, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to love it. Going to love it. Right? <laughs> okay? So then I tell my kids, oh, that. Uh, uh, the one son's going to love it. He's going to do it. And then they, they, they're always telling me, my kids, your show is uh, uh, stupid, and I don't uh, think it's cool at all. I don't want to be a part of it in any way, shape, or form. So then they, uh, but as soon as they heard one of Dave's kids was helping out, they were like, oh, I get to spend time with one of Dave's kids. He's, he, they think he's cool, and they, they get along real great. So they're going to do it. So I say, Dave, hey, I'm, uh, you know, my kids are real thrilled that your kid's going to be doing this. Because uh, they want to spend time with him. And then he says, you know, my kid's too young for that shit. Pete, you should know better than that. That's what he did. You schooled me, Dave. You, you, yeah. you scolded me almost, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I scolded you. I said I think the content of the show is a bit heavy for a 15-year-old kid. Right. That's what you said. Yeah. But on the phone, when I proposed the idea to you, not the case. Not at all the opinion of yourself. That's right. But the difference it is, was, the on difference. the phone, when you called me that night, I yeah. was drunk. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I was a nice Tuesday night drunk. Oh, and uh, nice I think it was a Tuesday. It's a good night for a drunk. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't thinking straight, Pete. Really? Because thank I, goodness I got my wits about me last week because... After tonight's uh, monologue there, I think I made the right decision. Why? You don't think your boy should know about the corporate world being a bunch of fucking getting ass raped by people? I think, he, I think they could I learn would love it. to tell I your son about that. I actually might call him up tonight just to tell him, hey, son of uh, my friend Dave, <laughs> I'll say to him. Unnamed. I'll say, I think of you as a nephew, even though you were a second cousin once removed. Yeah, they actually call you Uncle Pete. <laughs> yeah, I know they do. And I love your kids like my own kids, Dave. I would never expose them to something. I would put my own kids in the thing. What I'm saying is that, that uh, what I'm asking right. them to do may <laughs> not be stand in front of me telling, uh, saying the C word in, in front of them all the time and telling like old stories about how you used to like, uh, you know, like uh, masturbate in public or something like that, you know, to embarrass you in front of your kids, which would be fucking so funny. If I could do that in front of him. even things that aren't true like that, I just made that up. He doesn't masturbate in public. Well, that would work. He, <laughs> but I could say that in front right of his decision, kid Dave. when he was here. You know, maybe it's a good idea that you don't ever let him in, Dave. Because I'm, I'm starting to lean that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, all I'm saying is, Dave, you got to have more more trust in me because I would never uh, expose your child to something that's inappropriate. I wouldn't. God forbid. Okay. I wouldn't have done that bit if, if I looked over and I saw a guy that considered my nephew running the camera. I wouldn't talk about cocks in my ass, <laughs> 10 deep, you know? Pink socks. Pink sock when it's all like stretched out like an elephant trunk, you know? <laughs> Just sucked right back out. All the damage that's been done with years of pounding in my own ass. <laughs> I wouldn't say that in front of your kid, Dave. I'm kind of wishing you wouldn't say it in front of me. <laughs> me too. You know, if we're putting it out there. 
That's a good point. That's a fair point. All right, let's get on with this. We had some business to take care of before we get to our segment. We have business to take care of. Number one, Death Pool was last week. And this is a record. In one week, we already have money being paid out to the first to die. Michael Bow, everyone. Michael Bow. Yeah, baby. And now, as it turns out, Mike Bow does not know. No idea. Who I, hear, I hear rumbles. I come in tonight. They, people are thinking I'm excited here. Well, I have no clue who I picked. No, Char- I'm already feeling bad about it. <laughs> no, Charles is shaking his head. <laughs> I thought head. you were going to say I have no clue who died, but you have no clue who you picked. No clue I picked <laughs> or who died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you want to do this? Like, What's the best way? Drum roll? Yeah, drum roll. Let's Surprise. see the drum roll, Kev. Okay. French Stickler, Kev Belanger on drums, everyone. Michael's dead person is Bob Cole. No, it is not. Bob Cole. Fuck. God damn that pick. Are yeah. You yeah. See, your Bob Cole pick was just like my Gordowney pick. It was a dirty, <laughs> dirty pick. I don't believe it. Was he not at the fucking Leaf, Leafs game last night? Maybe he's dead now. Oh. You know what? You can be That's a lot of one man and dead the next. That's what how it happens. I sometimes. hate winning this. I want to donate my money to CBC. <laughs> no, I don't give it to CBC. Bullshit. Give it to Newfoundland somehow. <laughs> Is that where he's from? Yeah, I just chuck it in Newfoundland. Okay, fair enough. The newfies. Yeah, yeah, CBC don't need it. I had no idea. They don't advertise they for a corporate like... entity that's just anti-human and made made to. Uh, uh, in Canada. Uh, I'm burning bridges, did. Dave. Oh. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's the theme of the show. I'm upset. If you guys are joking, I'm fucking pissed about this. No, no, he's not dead. He's dead for real. He literally was at the Leafs game, and they did a standing ovation for his last. He's dead. Yeah, last, because that's what I mean. (laughs) That's why they gave him the standing ovation. He's like, oh, that was nice. He did a whole bunch. He wasn't going to die the next day. He did. God damn it. Oh, no. He seriously did. They shouldn't have gave him that standing ovation because then he would, he'd still be alive waiting he for it. He was overwhelmed. Yeah. What he was is like, that's a perfect game? way to go out. I got a standing yeah. ovation at Maple Leaf Gardens. They look like a fucking champion. I'm like going to fucking die happy. I'm Bob Cole. you guys are joking. No, he's dead. And you get uh, a bunch of money for it, buddy. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of this uh, contest. And I wanted to say one more thing about uh, Bob Cole. His uh, fellow uh, commentating partner, Harry Neal. Great guy. Still alive and well. Just so you're okay, Michael. Thank you. You still have one half of that. Now, if you're not a hockey fan and you hear about Bob Cole and Harry Neal, you will oftentimes think of uh, that somehow this is something to do with dirty mouth sex, eh? Totally. Because it's a Bob Cole and a Harry Neal. It's like I went to Thailand one time and I paid a girl a hundred bucks for a Harry Neal. Okay? I said, before you get to the Harry Neal, you better give me a good Bob Colin. <laughs> right? And then finish with the Harry Neal, <laughs> you ho. <laughs> Color commentate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound a little blowjob, eh? It does, totally. Yeah. I need a Bob Cole. <laughs> what kind of drink you want, Bob Cole? Sounds like a drink. Definitely sounds like a drink. uh, Bob on the coal and give me a Harry Neal. And I'll take a Harry Neal with it. (laughs) You always got to finish with a Harry Neal. (laughs) It does sound dirty. (laughs) It's dirty sounding, right? Both of them. It's like, you ever heard of uh, Neal and Bob? Your friends Neal and Bob, you know? 
That's like you ever heard of uh, Larry Fitzpatrick and Patrick Fitz Larry? Yeah. Or no, it's a Henry Fitzpatrick and Patrick Fitz Henry. That's the thing. What it is? <laughs> They're a gay couple from Ireland. Okay. Harry, Harry Fitzpatrick and Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Is that an is that a homophobic joke? I didn't think I of it know. that way. It's not. There's no hate in that. There's nothing uh, insulting <laughs> towards the two fellas who are in love with one another that fit in each other's assholes. That's the whole point of the joke, eh? Is that their cocks fit in each oh. other's assholes. Thanks for explaining that. You're welcome, Dave. Oh, is that what See, that's mean? what your son could learn if he came here and, and run a camera on her show, is he could learn stuff like that. No, you, you, know? Can't, he, you know what? They'd be too busy because they'd have to be fucking focused on what they're doing. That's one big thing about running production stuff. Yeah, it's true. Because even my daughter, she was at a meeting. Uh, she was a waitress at the Hungarian Hall, and there was this big meeting about like important stuff, and it was all to do with weed and yep. stuff. Yep. And I said to her, what was the meeting about? She goes, I don't know. I was serving mashed potatoes. She did a hell of a job. Yeah. I can vouch for it. It's true. She had no idea what the content was. But anyways, and when we did the television program a few years ago, remember there was that 16-year-old. I'm just saying. A sixteen-year-old advocate, and <laughs> as you know, you know what uh, you know what's worse than this show for content, the school bus. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. And they've rode that since they're in kindergarten, and they've heard way worse stuff. It's more like a prison bus. You ever see what kids watch on YouTube? Yeah, it's, it's a bunch fun. of douchebags from California telling you how much money they have, and then they talk about they say fucking horrible stuff, way worse than us. Yeah, it's fucking weird, eh? They, and they, little kids, like, watch it. And then you, you don't pay attention to them for a second, and they're into it, you know? You can't even put filters on a charters. Do you think you control that bullshit? You can't, Tiger Dad. You can't, Tiger Dad. <laughs> can't helicopter into that bullshit and save them. They're looking at fucking stuff on the Internet that you can't even imagine. Their whole world's fucking blown. They're even further along the sexual path than you are, Dave, as an old man. <laughs> Because they've had the internet since they've been so young and they've found hacks. You think you've saved it with like safety searches and all that stuff. These fucking kids knew the knew a computer when they were like three. It's in their bloodstream. They just understand so much more than you. You know, they just had a a, a, a person that found a, some sort of a glitch or something with Google. It was like a 14-year-old kid or something that found it. And suggested it to them, and they gave them a whole bunch of money. Because they're the smartest people on computers. You think you're, you're smarter than your kids to protect them from that stuff? You want porn, those kids got porn. Oh, thank you. Want, you want a dirtier than live from the... You, you wanna, if they want to listen to live from the Dutch Hall, Dave, against your wishes, I'll tell you right now, they're doing it. Yep, they might be doing it already. And they're hearing me say this stuff right now. That must trouble you. That must, that must jeopardize our friendship almost. Does it? Does it? No. Nope. Put pressure on it. No. Zero. Yeah, I know because I'm teaching your kid good things. Because even though I say filthy, filthy things on this program, everything we say is in the is uh, noble and just, and in the in the line of good <laughs> charters. When we're making fun of people, we're punching uh, up, not down. Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what do you think? Who do we punch down to? Nobody. Nobody, right? I think we punched down maybe to uh, the little people, maybe a little bit. Apparently, I punched down to Bob Cole. But you, oh, you did. You killed him. 
You killed him with your vote, it's according to Charters. <laughs> Charters thinks that his ego, like just his picks alone, has like made those people ri- like riskier. Like their life is somehow in jeopardy this year. I do feel gross about it, though. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. You knew pick. he wasn't well. That's why they celebrate his life. If he was healthy, they wouldn't have fucking gave him a standing ovation. They would have said, "Yeah, Bob Cole, he's here again." Do you think it was like a Gord Downey tour? Yeah, fuck. Mm-hmm. They knew he was dying. Bob Cole checked out. He did it right, man. He did. Miss you, Bob. He fucking nailed it. Bob Cole is a great man, by the way. Voice of my childhood. Let's go to cheers to Bob Cole. Yeah, Bobby boy. He's the foster hero to my generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just Anyways, cheers to Bob Cole. And Charters, that should make you feel better because uh, we're not, like, happy about his death, right? No, we're not. It's actually proven to be opposite for Michael. He shows shame. About winning, right? And then we're going to have to pay him money, and then when he gets the money, he's going to be like, this is blood money. I don't deserve this money. This is on my soul. I will take this to my death. And then you have to do something good with that money. So what we've done by doing the death pool, Dave, is we've actually helped society because Michael's guilt will make him give that to a good cause. See how that works? By the way, you pay my wife for fucking uh, 10 bucks? No. Yeah, you got it in your wallet? Let me check. Oh, you better fucking have it, you cock. I'm going to remind you every week until you pay my wife. Oh, for last year. Hey, Jane, I got your 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. Take it before he puts it back in his pocket. We do have to get to do some uh, business here. We have a a show coming up in Burford, Ontario. With Burford Minor Hockey. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Is that the Coyotes? Oh, yeah. Are they the Burford Coyotes? Coyotes? Yeah. I thought they were the Bulldogs. No, the Coyotes. That's the junior team. Yeah. Minor hockey Coyotes. The home of the oh, rooster. the minor hockey's the Coyotes yeah. and just the junior team's the Bulldogs? You got the, it, bud. The home of the rooster. The home, home of the rooster. Yep. Good. Uh, rooster actually gave us good praise for the show. It's being booked by uh, my good friend and uh, the, the director of this program, Tyler Shazma. Oh, He's put on a great lineup there Shazma. consisting of, uh, of, of course, Tyler Shazma as our host. Nice. Pete Van Dyke as the opener. We got Tom O'Donnell uh, filling it out as a feature. And the headliner of the evening is uh, Tyler Morrison from Fight Stories. And uh, uh, you might have seen him on your hood as a joke or uh, roast battles. Or, I don't know if he's on it. But he's a hell of a comedian. Nice. Whereabouts in Burford? Oh, at the, uh, the Horticultural Center. Oh, there right. you go. At the oh. Egg Hall. Egg Hall. Egg Hall oh, yeah. there. You know, right by the Legion. Yep. Is there any of the fairgrounds there? Yep. Yeah. It's a nice spot. And what I hear is they got a, bo- they got a whole bunch of tickets sold, and it's uh, going to be a heck of a time. A uh, bit of a boost fest. Because uh, we're going to go on early to do the show, and then the bar is going to go afterwards, and uh, it's going to be a heck of a, a time. So if you don't have tickets already, you know, see yeah. if you can look it up. You go to Burford. I've been to a couple of those, and it's got to feel like a buck and dough or something in there, you know? Like, uh, oh, yeah. They get ready for a nice dance after. Everybody gets drunk during the comedy show. Maybe there might be a few hecklers. Well, that's why you got to get that show on early, Dave. And that's what I learned from my professional comic friend, Tyler Shazma. Mm-hmm. He says, you got to get them to before they get too drunk. Yep. So we're going to get that show started promptly on time. That makes so sense. So that we can make it so that uh, they're just happy when we're performing, and they're obnoxious when they're dancing. See? So it works. It's a strategy all the way out. And also, we have to talk about a new show 
uh, that's coming to Delhi, Ontario. Okay. It is the very first Spiky Ball Spring Stand-Up Series, Whoa. which is coming. Uh, we have three dates booked, one in March, April, and May. Our, our March headliner is from uh, this hour's 22 Minutes, and you might have seen him on uh, Just for Laughs or CBC. He's been at every comedy festival, I think, in the world. Uh, Mace Galoni will be coming nice. into uh, uh, Delhi for March. I think it's the 23rd, is it, Steve? Do you know? That is correct. 23rd? 23. And then uh, on, uh, in April, we will have Tyler Morrison, uh, the, who we talked about before, coming in. I think it's the 18th. Does that sound right? 26th, I think. Yeah. Number three is the 18th. 26th? Oh, the 26th. I'm sorry. April 26th. And in May, on May, uh, uh, from you might know him from his two comedy now specials, Gavin Stevens is coming in. Do you know which date in May? The 18th. The 18th. There you go. May the 18th. We have, so yeah, that's our spring comedy series. They're 20 bucks a ticket. You can get them uh, if you give us an email, uh, spikyballstudios at gmail.com. We'll make sure that you get tickets reserved. Also, if you have a local um, charity, sports team, uh, service club, anybody that would like to look for something to use as a fundraiser, please contact us at spikyballstudios at gmail.com, and we will uh, set it up that uh, a percentage of the ticket sales will go to your service club if you help us fill the room. So, and also, if you'd like to get tickets for the uh, entire uh, spring series, we will have a deal for you that will make it cheaper than if you buy individual tickets. Whoa. So, yeah. uh, nice Dutch deal. A nice Dutch deal. We like to give that to you here, Commitment. and that gives us a good uh, opportunity to recognize our primary sponsor of this program, Spiky Ball Studios. Woo. You know what, Clean Flow? Hey. Clean Flow. Hit the curb, buddy. Whoa! Oh, no, no, no! I should say that. Back it up. Back it up. Back Don't up hit the, the curb. Track. Just go slightly below us until you pay us more than what we've invested into our own show. Okay? Because we really do appreciate anything we can get from CleanFlow because they're awesome. But at Spiky Ball Studios, if you guys have any audio or video requirements, if you need uh, voiceover work, if you need a website video, if you need uh, anything that's going to help your marketing plan, you want a radio ad, you want a, um, a television commercial... If you have a, a creative content project and you need to know ways to get it done, we can help you at Spiky Ball Studios. So please contact us, spikyballstudios at gmail.com, and we will help you with any of your media needs. Woo. And that's it. Spiky Ball Studios first ad. There you go. Now I think we should do uh, a little segment we call feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. It's feedback. It's motherfucking feedback. Motherfucking feedback. Welcome to feedback. We got feedback. This week's uh, segment is brought to you by our friends at Amazon. If you'd like to go to our Life in the Dutch Hall website and click on the Amazon banner. Uh, you can do all your shopping, and some of that money is going to come back and help the show. Instead of helping the incredibly rich uh, bald man. That, Suck at uh, Amazon, man. Yeah, Amazon, man, doesn't need your money. We do. We're going to We're buy buying a tour bus. Yeah, we're buying a tour bus. We're going to yeah. do great things. Fuck yeah. Fuck maybe yeah. a Lear jet. Maybe like an Elvis jet. Oh, yeah. Charters, what do you want? Me yes. and you should all. Remember? We were talking a couple years ago. We were like, hey, we should buy a jet. 
you know, with all our riches. We get Paul to fly it. Paul's going to fly it because I don't want to fly it. Paul can do anything. I want to drink. Hey? Paul's going to drink. Paul drive anything. You you up for being a pilot, Paul? Sure. We'll just get my brother to do it. He can fly us around. Oh, oh you're going to fire right. Paul again? Oh, yeah. We just found yeah. him a job. Yeah, me. I can't co- keep co- a job pilot. around here. You can be co-pilot for it. You'll need a co-pilot. For two seconds, the bartender got to be. Got to have a job. <laughs> oh, well, here's God. a job for you, Paul. Narpac. The fucking beef people. There he is. <laughs> and who can do that better than my brother, Paul? Nobody. Nobody, Nobody can do that better. Norpak. The beef people. You know, people will imitate that. They will try to replicate that, but there is nothing so special as hearing it right out of the horse's mouth. <laughs> Norpak. The fucking beef people. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I do. <laughs> I don't know what the last one. This past weekend, I had a nice little tour with uh, one of the main uh, owners of Norpak. Went and checked their beef right front and center. At about 3 o'clock in the morning. You know what we do with Norpak? Murder cow beef people. No matter how, yeah, no matter how late you are, you make sure that the ladies are happy. You know why? Because they produce good beef, and that makes us happy. Mm. It was unbelievable. I had a nice uh, face-to-face meeting with a bunch of the girls, and they were fully pregnant. You're talking about the cows themselves? Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah? It you was met- unbelievable. <laughs> you met actual cows. I met them. Uh, you face were to face. introduced to him? It's a VIP uh, service. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. I would love to be introduced to the animal before I eat it. Yep. I oh. have no, I would uh, feel nothing but like uh, um, I'm dominating you to the point where you're going to be in my belly and shit into my toilet. <laughs> That's what I will but do. But the crazy part is when you're in there, like if they take three hard steps, you are toast. Mm. You're done. They're stupid as shit, and they're easily manipulated. A cow, though. Eh? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah. The cows are easy. They're, they look like they should kill you. Kill you. But you would just be like, you just do the littlest thing to a cow, and they'll just like bend to your will. They're they're completely like uh, complacent. Like a horse will put up a fight. You have to break his spirit. <laughs> A cow has no spirit to begin with. Just use a Jedi. I don't know if I agree with that. A cow is... Mike, have you ever seen this with some of the Norpak cattle uh, with that word? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kobos. Kobos, yeah. You say the word Kobos, and they fucking just all look at you, and they'll all make a a moo sound, and they'll come walking towards you. Really? Yeah. It's fucking cool. Mind control. Really? Yeah. But pigs are smart, too. You can teach a pig to do things. And a, uh, if you know a goat, a goat is like a real crafty individual, an escape artist. You know, a goat will try to get out of everything. Climb anything. Climb, yeah. yeah. Goats are like uh, like dogs. And and when you go into a goat barn, like where they're milking goats, the, the goats will all come to you like dogs. Like they're eager to see you. They want to be pet on the head and stuff like that. Like that is like, uh, hmm. but they're delicious. They're, they're, they're a real hit curry? at the petting zoo, too, the goats. They're always at the petting zoo. Yeah. Hey, those little goats. Yeah, yeah. Goats are a big petting zoo uh, animal. Also, a llama. <laughs> right? Watch out for the llamas. Yeah. You'll get a llama at a petting zoo, and they're not much to pet. They kind of feel like gross wool. You ever, like, pet a sheep? You like know? steel wool. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Real like, it's like I'd rather pet a sweater oh. than pet a sheep. 
Because you, because a, a, a sweater is like at least softer than a, a sheep's just gross. It's like a dreadlock, you know? Dreadlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. You touch a sheep's wool, it's like a dreadlock. It's just gross. The sheep's not combing his hair every day. Sheep's not doing fucking nothing. Yeah. You ever see him shear a sheep where they do it all in one thing where they'll take the whole sheep's skin and everything off in one piece and then it'll just. Huh? It's all stuck together. It's all stuck together, yeah. In one piece. It's fascinating. And that sheep looks like naked and he runs away ashamed. It's hilarious. Anyways. If you don't like animals, it's hilarious, Dave. <laughs> uh, I wanted to say uh, we had some feedback from Good Time Jane Townsend. Hey, no way. Good times. Yeah. She gave us some on Podbean. She says, I enjoyed both the Death Pool show and felt bad about enjoying it at the same time. <laughs> I am with charters on, on that one, she says. Thank you, Good Time Jane. And uh, Reasonable. You know, did you like notice it. that Bailey too was here last week? She tried defending you all the time too. Every all the girls like to take your side, eh? Yeah, they fucking love nice. Dave. They love Thank Dave. You, girls, girls love Dave. Feels good. Must be the cock. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, what do you think it is for real, Paul? Because you're a bit of a Lothario, right? <laughs> what do you think uh, Charters has that makes uh, women feel like this? Like they have to defend them. It's not like uh, they, they don't feel like strong in Dave's arms. <laughs> they feel like they have to defend Dave. But he's a good guy who follows the rules. So he's going to be bullied. So you oh, so they like. I think Dave's like a ducky, right? Like they like Dave, but they ducky. won't fuck him. Right? Ducky, like from uh, The Land Before Time? <laughs> no, Ducky from Pretty in Pink. John Cryer. Oh, oh, yeah. Ducky. John, uh, yeah, the guy from the two John Cryer. John Cryer. Uh, Molly Ringwald wouldn't fuck John Cryer in Pretty in Pink. No way. She was good friends with him, but she found his dick to be disgusting. <laughs> Everyone knows that. that that's Pretty in Pink. <laughs> that's the synopsis of the movie, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> when you look it up online, that's what it says. It's in Nicole's notes. Yeah, Molly Ringwald won't fuck Ducky. She's going to fuck Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> she's also not going to fuck, uh, what's his name, Spader. James Spader, because he's a real dick. Yeah, he is right? Andrew McCarthy's rich from the other side of the tracks, but he's like got a heart because he'll fuck a poor chick. Right? Unlike James Spader, who thinks she's garbage and won't fuck her, right? Is that, is that, the, is that Pretty in Pink? That's the second yeah. synopsis. There's two storylines of Pretty in Pink. I named them both. Do you... <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's what's good about Andrew McCarthy. Oh, he's like handsome, rich, and will fuck a poor girl. <laughs> Has no standards. That's what makes him endearing. Right? Am I wrong about that movie? Nope. That's just a different time. See, I could teach your son that too, Dave. If he was running my camera, I would say, hey, son of charters. Remember back in the 90s, we used to like uh, uh, appreciate men that would fuck uh, women beneath their social class. <laughs> Made them popular heroes in our movies. 
<laughs> right? And then he would know about a past before he was born, Dave. Don't you think there's a benefit in that? <laughs> D- Dave, do you think there's any of this? Instead of it being you being drunk and then eventually coming to your senses, could it also be that you uh, talk with your wife and then your wife told you you're an idiot and then gave you your opinion that you have now? No, but I will write by her and see what she thinks. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you've never told her? No, but I will. Maybe she'll change my mind. Oh, what do, you, fuck. what do you think? Mike, do you believe him? Uh, yeah, I do. It's you believe kid. he never told his Thanks, wife? Mike. Yeah. Oh, I'm asking Teresa. Yeah, I don't think Paul, you... can you call Teresa now? Is she awake? Yeah, good idea. Wake her up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the best. Brilliant. I'm too afraid of her to do that, but yeah. if I wish I could, because yeah, it would she, be a great bet, her. and we should do it for the show, but I won't do it, Dave, because I'm afraid of my cousin because she's way stronger than I am. True. How come the women in the Van Dyke family are so much stronger than the men? Fucking killers. It's not that they're stronger even, like because we're strong men. It's just that they're meaner or more vicious. Is that what it is? Yeah. There's something more like the, where they would definitely be in a fight. Like, like if they put a hockey team together. Yeah, women against the men. Uh, oh, they're they cunning. Would, I don't even think they wear skates. They would just like come out in their bare feet and then just claw your eyes out. <laughs> right? And then go out drink you at the bar too. <laughs> yeah, and then call you a pussy all night. <laughs> right? Pretty much. I wouldn't play them. No. I wouldn't play the Van Dyke ladies, not even for a second. They'd kill me. <laughs> you grew up with three of them in your, right in your four of them really in your house. Yeah. Right in your house. They could kill you at any time. Anytime. That's why I was just quiet. <laughs> Pretend I'm not there. If I could just slip out of those doors, I'd be fine. Today's going to be a good day. <laughs> Where's my dad? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, we were in late on this, and we haven't even uh, burnt my bridges yet. So we should just get to one more person, and that's our cheese lady. Ooh. Can you do the cheese lady thing? You know, Teresa sent a couple of messages last week, and one of them was, uh, she said, uh, the hashtag cheese lady, she's getting the hashtag going, eh? Because it's going to catch on worldwide. Yeah. Cheese lady is not happy about coming back to this cold weather, but you guys warm my heart with laughter. Oh, wow. That's That's nice. nice. Hashtag Dutch all dating game should be interesting. Laugh my ass off. And then she sent another message saying, one request... No naked paintball dates. <laughs> no naked paintball dates. It's very specific. Huh. Very specific. Almost as though she's had a naked paintball date before and it didn't go well. Bad experience, even. Is that what everyone thinks or just me? No, I, I think that. Yeah, we all think sure. that, right? The cheese lady had a naked paintball date with someone and it went poorly. I'm saying, shot to the labia. Yeah, bruised vagina, first thing that comes to my mind. (laughs) 
that doesn't heal overnight. That hurts a lot. You got weeks of a blistered and bruised. Things are tight. Not to mention trying to wash the paint off. What? Not to mention trying to wash the paint off. Oh, that paint. Yeah, that paint gets right up in your wazoo. Hey? Look at you. You'll be picking paint chips out of that out of your bunghole for months, you know. Yep. All right, we'll scratch. Anyways, Cheesley, I will make a, a solemn promise to you, and Charters will too. We will not do that. We will not make you go on a naked paintball date, but we will might maybe make you go on a number of other naked dates, knowing that you're <laughs> up for naked dates. And uh, so, thank you. We still need to get three bachelors. I got a couple in mind. One is married. <laughs> one bachelor is married. Yeah, one bachelor is definitely married, but he has uh, no uh, interest in ever having sex with his wife. So I think that still throw counts. Throw him in the old mix, eh? Can I throw him in the mix? And I'm looking for a couple other ones, but they're all very bad choices, right, uh, for uh, the cheese lady. So the fact that she still wants to go through with this is uh, mind bottling to me. Right in a bottle. <laughs> Puts it right in a bottle. Anyways, Cheesley, you're brave because we're going to set you up with some real whack jobs. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck. Go get them, Tiger. <laughs> but, anyways, if you do need cheese, there's only one place to get it. It's the second mouse in Delhi. Go over and uh, meet Teresa. Tell them the Dutch Hall sent you. And uh, you know what she's going to do? She's going to put another piece of cheese on the platter for our grand opening when we invite her. Can't wait and for uh, it. you know what? I'm going to have to do this sooner and later. Teresa, we, we miss you. We want to have you in the new place. Come down and visit us. So uh, I'll reach out to you next week, and we'll get a date where you can come in and visit us, Teresa. And uh, I don't know if we got anything quick we can do for the Asian Dwarf, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah... Yeah, just uh, go... Uh, Pete's big, Pete's pink sock. Took oh. too much cock. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, very good, Paul. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to bed we go. Pete's pink sock took too much cock. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Oh. His pink sock. This is what happens when... This is what happens right here. Right here. This is my brother, Paul. What we did was we overloaded him with uh, work for years, right? Not only this guy built houses all day long, he builds houses, right? He runs a crew. He's a business owner. You know, he's a father of three. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's brings them all to, to hockey. You know, the guy like, is burning the candle at both ends, as they would say. And uh, not only did I make him be my bartender, but also my director, my bus driver, my like loaded on to Paul. Can you be my announcer at the beginning of the show? Can you also be the spokesperson for Norpak? The beef people. Yeah, this is how it goes, right? And I'm like, <laughs> Paul just says because he's a good person. Yes, Pete. Yes, Pete. Whatever for my brother, I'll do it. You know. And then I noticed that he's starting to become a piece of shit on the show, like week after week. You know. <laughs> And then uh, I'm like, oh, you know, Paul, something's wrong with him. He's like, a, he's garbage. Every day he does nothing. And then uh, he's sleeping and bitching all the time. And then uh, I realize I'm overloading him with work. I need to take it off of Paul, my brother. So I do. And then he comes up with a fucking sweet ass line on the fly. No this. problem. Insulting me perfectly. Tied into the opening bit. 
Paul nailed it. Let's give him a round of applause, hey. people. Hey. You know what that is? That's a result of Tyler Shazma taking out the director's things off his shoulders and letting Paul's creative spirits juices come, to, up, come to the top. So everybody, yeah. everything's working out gravy. All right, Haitian uh, Dwarf, he uh, gave us a, a message on iTunes. He gave us five stars. He gave us five stars, and he said after... Oh, Wait, what did he uh, total this one? He goes, uh, after all these years, he calls this one, I can't believe I got bumped. That's the whole message. Really? I can't believe you got bumped. Wes, I don't know if you know this, Wes, but uh, when you uh, missed the show the other week, uh, we had to punish the listening audience because you decided that your job that you were quitting, that you had no interest in uh, staying at, was more important than this program, which is a future late night comedy, right? And uh, you gave up, yeah, you should be sorry. And you said, know what we did to the general public? We, we had a guest book that night, The Haitian Dwarf, The Haitian Dwarf. And because of your uh, decision, your punishment was that we gave that from the rest of the public and we blamed it on you, it was your fault. And, and also now we know you don't listen to the show, which is also <laughs> sad. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you right now, Wes, um, I'm just disappointed in, in every way. <laughs> uh, so we had to bump the Haitian Dwarf. Maybe next time Wes will show up uh, HD and we'll get you on the show. That's all I can try to promise you. And also, uh, Denmark, what up, buddy? We're taking Denmark by storm. We're we also are, neutral. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you guys are into. Maybe Danishes. What I like is a little apple on that. Maybe some cheese, right? Oh, yeah. We have a cheese lady. Yeah, cheese lady will put some cheese on a Danish. Mm. Charles eat the shit out of that. Oh, yeah, cherry cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what he does is he adds some more shit to it. Which I like. <laughs> which I like. Hey, that's what I like about you, buddy. We're going to be friends forever. So, uh, that's it for feedback. We got feedback. If you'd like to, give us an email, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com, or you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and do a lot of stuff. We are either live from the Dutch Hall or Dutch Hall. Now it is time for the main event of the show. We have to do this quickly. We've gone long already. We have to burn all my bridges in my whole life, in my professional career, so I can never go back so I have no safety net whatsoever Woo! to go Let's back do it. to. Do it. Because do I believe it. the do only it. true, if you're going to pursue a personal interest that's frivolous, maybe a little bit uh, fantastical, maybe a little uh, irresponsible, you need to remove all safety nets in order to maintain commitment. Right. Otherwise, you will not have enough commitment to make it work. You will uh, fucking go back to the safety net because it's really fucking hard to make something ridiculous work. So uh, I decided in order to make me have a shot at making this work, I have to remove my safety nets. I have to burn my bridges. So let's start with every place I've ever worked. Okay? Norfolk Co-op. Norfolk Co-op, you are bankrupt. I have nothing to do for you. You can never hire me again. Most of the people that work there are dead. <laughs> right? So Norfolk Co-op, the bridge has been burned. Before I got a chance to light a match. God bless you, Burns. Yeah. Uh, I love Burns. And uh, so now we go to, uh, I'm going to go next, CIBC. 
CIBC is a, one of the largest, the five major banks in Canada. I worked there for two months, right? My skill set allows me to get a job there anytime. If I was decided to put this aside and go back and work for a bank, CIBC would probably give me a job there because there's not a lot of people that can do what I do. I got to tell you, CIBC, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go take your, uh, take everything that you have in your fucking evil building and shove it right up your own ass, CIBC. <laughs> I don't like anything about your business. You're anti-human. You don't think about people. You're absolutely evil. Your uh, employees sometimes are good people, but uh, their employer, you, the bank, CIBC, uh, fuck them over every chance you get and your customers. Go fuck yourself, CIBC. Never hire me again. Please never hire me again. You evil <laughs> fucking cocks. Right? There you go. Can I please say that bridge is burnt? Yep. Hey, yes. can I go Hubert Cobbles? Go fuck yourself? Is that just one for the, for the locals? <laughs> <laughs> that one makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm sure my dad will be laughing at home, too, about that one. Anyways, uh, the next place I worked uh, was also a bank, RBC, Royal Bank of Canada. Royal Bank of Canada, I worked for you for four days. Four days before I came to my senses and realized, you motherfuckers are a prison. I don't remember one of you. I worked there for four days. I don't remember one of your names. It was the worst decision of my life because you guys are the most evil fuckers. You're no different than CIBC. You're the same fucking thing. And you, you, you don't have anything good to offer anyone. You're just about douchebag money and all that rest of it. I didn't like anybody I met there. It was the worst place I've ever worked. And I never want to be back there again. So uh, Royal Bank of Canada, you can go fuck yourself. And if you want to put in a TD, uh, uh, Scotia, and uh, Bank of Montreal, hey, I never worked for you, but I'm pretty sure you're shit. Go fuck yourself. There you go. Burn those bridges, too. I'm never going back. Hey, credit unions, you're a little bit better than the banks. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Done with you, too. Now, this is the hardest one. This is the place I worked the longest. Uh, this is the place I put in 15 years solid. Uh, Farm Credit Canada, FCC. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, as much as I am against the, the nature of the banking business, uh, Farm Credit Canada was not profit-driven. They were uh, uh, mandated by the government of Canada, and so they were sometimes had to do things that were good and not right for money. Like, so uh, to be honest, of all the places I worked, they were the only ones with a conscience. And uh, you were the only people that, uh, for the most part, the people that were working there uh, were doing what's best for the customer. So I do like you the best of everyone I've ever worked, but your middle management are a bunch of fucking retards. And uh, like, seriously, I worked for a like probably five or six different managers and they were all like the dumbest people I've ever worked for. And some of the most like morally corrupt, like degenerate assholes I've ever met, right? And uh, uh, so for that reason, go fuck yourself. I'm never going back to you guys again. And that's it. That pretty much does it. I don't know if I can uh, get hired anywhere else. Nobody really would uh, hire me. 
I'm pretty sure by this point in time, <laughs> from what I've exposed to myself uh, about myself. But this is a great dream of mine that's come to fruition, and I'd like to thank everyone that listened to it to the very end. I would, uh, I really do think that everyone should, at one point in time, look at what they're doing a day to day, and when they don't like it, uh, uh, tell your boss or whatever you're doing, uh, go fuck yourself, right? Isn't that a nice, this is a Jerry Springer moment at the end where we tie it all together? It's liberating. Yeah, it's liberating. Hey, if you guys are living a miserable life, uh, yeah, just uh, uh, quit. Then go through a horrible depression for a while. <laughs> then uh, nearly lose everything that you hold dear in your life. Then find something that's like a, uh, something that fits you well and buy a church and then have a great time. No big deal. <laughs> eh? That's the advice for, that I give you for this week. If you'd like to, tell your friends, listen to our program if you like this one. Otherwise, we will see you NT. See you next Thursday. Hit it, fellas. Hey.